Hello, this is AJ Hogue. Welcome to the Effortless English Show, the show that teaches you to speak English powerfully. Today our topic is the silent period. Should you avoid speaking English for several months? Now, I remember when I was sitting in a class in Bangkok, Thailand. There were two teachers, and they were telling a funny story. One of the teachers was like a stand-up comedian. He was pacing, walking back and forth in the class, doing all these crazy faces, running around, acting like a crazy man, like a madman. And the whole class was laughing. We were laughing and laughing and laughing for an entire hour. It was like watching a stand-up comedian perform. And it was very enjoyable, extremely entertaining. But the amazing thing was, it was 100% in Thai, meaning in the Thai language. This was a very unique, a very different experience for me as a language learner and as a language teacher. I was a student in the AUA Thai language program in Bangkok. And the special thing about this program is that they use a listen-only approach, meaning there's a long silent period for the students. Students do not speak Thai for many months. Instead, what the students do is they go and they just listen to teachers tell jokes, tell stories, play games, just basically entertain you and have fun in Thai, in simple Thai. And this was, this had a big effect on me. I realized that this had some great advantages, that there were many things about this kind of approach that were good. Now, the Thai language program at AUA used two teachers, co-teachers. So there were always two teachers so that they could talk to each other in Thai while the class listened. This was also a very effective method and very interesting. I think the best thing about the method for me was that it was very low stress. Thai can be a very difficult language for foreigners to learn, especially people coming from European languages. In Thai, pronunciation is especially important. It's very important. It's a tonal language, like Mandarin or Cantonese. And because it's a tonal language, if you get the pronunciation wrong, you can totally change the meaning of a word. And one of the advantages of this long silent period, according to David Long, the director of AUA, and his predecessor, the man who started this program, Dr. J. Marvin Brown, according to them, the best way to sound like a native speaker is to have a long silent period. So let's talk a little more about this idea of a silent period. A silent period is something that naturally happens with language learners. In other words, when you're a baby, 
when you were a baby, <laughs> you did not immediately speak. If you watch a baby, of course, you realize they do not immediately begin to speak. On day two, they do not say, hello, how are you? Right? And parents, of course, do not try to force them to speak. We all understand that babies don't speak, that they need many months of listening before they will start to speak. And that period of just listening, of only listening for a baby, is called the silent period. Now, they're not totally silent. They make noises, but they don't say any words. What's interesting, however, is that during the silent period, while the baby is just listening, they begin to understand the language. And we know this because we can say things to them and they will react, and they will react correctly. It's quite interesting. So the point is that the natural way to learn language is to listen, listen, listen for many months without speaking, to gradually understand more and more and more of the language, and then as you understand more of the language, you will reach a point where something happens in your brain. We don't know. Nobody knows. Linguists don't know know exactly how this happens or why, but at some point you understand enough and then you will spontaneously, without forcing, without effort, start to speak. Now in the beginning, how does this happen? It, it Just one word comes out. So again, with a baby, we think about a baby, what does a baby usually say first? Something like mama, daddy, dada something like that, right? Depends on the language. In English, it's mama, mama, daddy, da-da-da, da-da, usually. They can't even say daddy. They say da-da. Again, we have a few important points here. Um, one of the important points is... Oh, good. We have our guest is here. David, I'm just starting now. I'll, I'll get to you in a second. So one of the important points is that... Um, as the baby uh, learns that the baby will come out with just like one word or two and then once the baby uh, gets more comfortable the words will get more and more correct and sorry our guest is here now so let me uh, let me get our guest to join us here our guest is David Long from AUA who I just mentioned AUA so he's the director of the AUA program the AUA Thai program and just a second, let's uh, see if we can get him on here. David, hello, can you hear me? Okay. okay. David, hello. hello. David, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you doing? All right, sorry for the technical problems here. Okay. So, <laughs> my video is going to be pretty poor quality. I'm holding the phone in my hand so I can make this work. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no problem. No problem. Can you tell me just about your experiences learning Thai yourself? Um, okay, my, my experience learning Thai, right? Yes. Uh, in, in what respect? 
You want to you want to narrow that for me a bit, or when did you start first learning Thai? Like when you came to Thailand, when did you? What was your? Did you go to a class? Did you just do it learning on the street? What was your first experience? Okay, right. So yeah, when I moved to Bangkok, um, I guess I, I knew that I I needed to do something, and so I looked around uh, for a school, anything that would be different from my experience studying languages before, right? I, I did. Oh, and we just, we unfortunately just lost our connection. So David is in Bangkok right now, and uh, he's having some difficulty with his connection. So sorry about that. We'll see if he can get, if he connects back, we'll talk to him some more. Uh, so I was asking him about his early experiences with Thai because he he learned with this system. He learned with a very long silent period. The program in Thai was started by Dr. J. Marvin Brown, and David was one of his first students. So David first learned using the method, using a listen-only approach. Uh, we'll ask him how long his silent period was, but I believe it was 6 to 12 months where he only listened to Thai and did not speak it at all. Interesting. And then later, uh, David, when Dr. J. Marvin Brown uh, died, David Long, our guest, <laughs> took over, and he became the director of the program. So let's see if we can get him to get this to work, and uh, hopefully he'll be back with us. But in the meantime, let me just continue about this idea of the silent period. So the silent period is a natural phenomenon. It's something that happens naturally. And again, an important point, I was talking about babies. When babies first start to speak, they're not perfect, of course. So even though they might say, dada, which is not a correct English word, everybody knows they're trying to say daddy or dad. And so the parents become very happy. Yay, they said daddy, dada. And everyone gets really happy, and so the baby's happy. And of course, eventually then, the baby's speech gets a little better, a little better. Their pronunciation gets better. So instead of just saying mama, mama, they say mama, mama. And eventually they learn to say daddy correctly. Another point, when they first start to speak, they're only saying one word usually. Then after some time, maybe a month, maybe several months, depends on the child, they'll start to make two-word phrases. You know? Mama, eat. Mama, eat. You know, something like that. Something very simple. Mama, I want to eat. They cannot say a whole sentence. Mom, I want to eat some food, please. They don't start trying to learn and speak long, long sentences. They start with very, very short phrases. One word, then two words, then three words. They gradually get longer. So this is the natural way of acquiring a language and speaking for your native language for a child. We don't always have to learn exactly like a child does, but we can learn a lot about the natural process. And the reason that's important is it shows us how our brains work best. It shows us how our brains naturally work to learn a language. In our case, English. That's important. Very important. So the question then is, could this method of having a long silent period help us? 
Could the silent period also help adult learners? What can we learn from babies that we can use as adults? Now, as adults, we have many advantages, in fact. Our memory's better. We have many more life experiences, so it's easier for us to learn new words faster. An adult can learn new vocabulary much more quickly than a child and can learn a language much more quickly than a child. There's an idea that children are always better at language, but that's not quite true. What children are especially good at is pronunciation and natural grammar. That they learn very well. And they also learn just natural phrases. They, they learn how to very naturally and effortlessly use vocabulary in a correct way. So we have some advantages as adults, but we also have some weaknesses. And we can learn from the children by you know, learning from what they do. We've got David coming back here. Let's see if we can get him to work. David, hello. Are you there? Hi, can you hear me all right? I can hear you, yes. We can just do this on audio, I guess. Okay, well, we might need to. I think there's some connectivity problems here. Okay, uh, no worries, no worries. Yeah, okay. So, do you want me to take up where I got cut off there? Yes, please. Go ahead. Yeah, tell us about how you learned uh, the Thai language yourself. So when I when I arrived in Bangkok, I knew I didn't want to be illiterate. I knew that I wanted to be able to understand what was going on around me, and I knew that my experiences previously in lang language classes of all kinds, everything from English classes to Spanish to Greek, I knew that I didn't enjoy those type classes. So I I just looked around for anything different and. I came across the AUA program, uh, the Thai program at AUA, and it was definitely different. And so what they said to do, uh, and, and you need to know, I guess, that in, in those days I had no uh, real interest in language learning, language study outside of the fact that I wanted to do well in learning Thai. Um, and so, and so what they were testing in those days was the idea that as an adult I could do what the child does. And so I said, well, what's that? And they said, well, just sit back, let us entertain you, and, um, and listen a lot, watch a lot. I said, well, that sounds too easy and too good to be true. But it, it spoke to something uh, kind of like it, it made sense to me. At, at one level, and at the other level of, you know, just an educated person, you think, man, you know, is this going to work? And so I, I did what they said do with the idea that I had a year I could devote to this, and so I devoted a year to it. And um, uh, it was an experiment on my part, and the outcome after one year was I understood most of what was going on around me. When I say most of what was going on, what I mean by that is in Thai, my, uh, my understanding when it was Thai speaking with Thais, not necessarily directed at me, it was around 70%. Wow. And, uh, and then my, my ability to speak, though, was very low. Like, I, I remember at the end of a year, 
inviting teachers to come to my house and we made a dinner and just a way to say thank you for what they've done and I remember trying to you know just say thank you and kind of give them a few words and it was embarrassing to be honest so my speaking ability was quite low um, I didn't try to analyze that a whole lot what made sense to me at that time was that my speaking ability would naturally follow my listening ability and uh, and that was my experience and within a year and a half after that so a total of about two and a half years I felt I could say anything that I, I needed to or wanted to and after uh, about five years of just living here using the language um, I found that I met few people who whose ability was was um, few foreigners who, whose ability could ex out express me, you know, in 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 a, in a sort of a natural way. I, I meet a lot of people who are educated in Thai language beyond myself, so uh, I'm not a Thai scholar by any means. Um, yeah. And so you had a, uh, so this, and, and if you could talk a little more, you know, you're famous, AUA's famous, and ALG's famous for this silent period, this, uh, this emphasis on listening. So you had a year, and at the end of a year, you know, you were just starting to speak, basically. What was that yeah. like as a student? Well, I guess what, what made sense to me as a student, and, and I know that, you know, it's very deeply ingrained, kind of, for most people that to be able to learn a language, what you've got to do is work at speaking. But I wanted to be an effective speaker, but I also understood it at, at sort of a more human level. If I couldn't understand what people were saying to me, then there was no real reason they would, would listen to me either. I wasn't trying to give up and get up to give speeches to people who were just listening. I wanted interaction and conversation. If I couldn't understand what people were saying, then what was the point in them listening to me anyway? And so for me, it was, it was not a question so much of do I need to try to say something as much as, as uh, you know, when I do say something, I... I think it's equally as important, maybe more so, to understand them first. So, you know, from, from the standpoint of, first of all, I'm, in my own mind, not a very good language student, based on past experience. And then secondly, um, this was pretty much the only alternative. There wasn't many options out there. All the other schools were doing a very traditional kind of practice, test, practice, test, you know, repeat after me kind of thing, and, and I wasn't interested in that. So, you know, it wasn't very hard to convince myself that, uh, you know, I didn't know would this work, but it made sense, and so I just did it. They said, don't talk, so I didn't. Um, you know, there's always this temptation, I think, for people to want to show off a bit, you know, and, and show people that you can say something. And... That's not as strong of a motive for me as it is for many. But, um, you know, I, I guess the other side of that, too, I, I'm not 
easily embarrassed by saying the wrong thing. So I didn't have a problem getting out there and using what I had when I had it. But the real, the real, uh, and you, you may want to get into this in more detail later, I don't know, but the real kind of uh, issue surrounding that is that, um, you know, without kind of a strong sense that this is going to work, it would be very frustrating for people. So, so what I had was a strong sense that, you know, I mean, it, it works for kids. Why wouldn't it work for me? Right. So you had that certainty from the beginning that, that yeah, I believe this is going to work. So you were able to, you know, stay patient. And I and I get I would guess that that's a, a big problem um, is is just having the patience, right? Um, I I suppose that's true as well. But I've never found any program where you didn't need to be very patient. <laughs> Good point. You know, I, I had, um, in those days, I had a friend who studied uh, in a parallel uh, time frame as mine, and he was studying in a traditional way. And so as we went through, you know, it was interesting to compare notes with him. And he was always... Uh, you know, out of school into homework and preparing for the next test. I was out of school and I was doing anything else besides think about learning time. And uh, he was spending four hours in class where I was spending more like seven. Then he'd go home and study for a few hours, prepare for the test. I'd be home watching TV, playing games on it, you know, in those days we didn't even have computers, but playing games with the kids, or I did start a little bit of programming on an old, old computer in those days, but we, uh, you know, I just was free outside of the classroom, and then at about six months, I started realizing that where he had been talking all this time, I thought it was great, he could say things, um, I started listening to what he was saying, and I realized that he was missing what people were saying back to him. And so our, our interactions would often be, I was his ears, and he was my mouth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then after about a year, uh, it got very difficult to listen to him because he was uh, generally hearing what he already knew, which wasn't at all what the people were often saying. And, um, and that was true with, with everything from pronunciation to the meaning of words and vocabulary to the way it was, you know, intended as completely, sometimes completely wrong. And it, it was often difficult to just let that go um, and let him, you know, go ahead and say he was quite eager to speak, of course. And... Um, I really noticed that about two years period after we'd been here about two years that in in all respects my ability had surpassed this and um, yeah he had hit that plateau of seeming inability to go beyond whatever level he was at after he'd been here about five years and my experience from the beginning until now is my tie just continually improves so, so your, your friend, you know, he had he went the traditional route, and uh, it seemed at least 
probably to outsiders that in the beginning he seemed to be doing better just because he was speaking, it, but you understood more. But then, as you said, as time went on, your ability passed his. Uh, you know, I know that, you know, again, the, the AOA is famous for a silent period. I mean, that's the thing that people love to, to focus on. I mean, there are lots of things going on in your program, but that's the one that everyone, oh, my God, people don't talk. How long of a silent period do you encourage people to have for high language? Okay, so we're, we try to base what we do on, on the model of a, of a child in the natural environment. And, and, you know, as soon as I say that, people say, well, we're not children. And, and it, you know, I don't want to go there at the moment, but <laughs> we do understand that. But we also think that there's, a, there's just a natural process that the brain goes through to acquire a new language. And there's a certain volume of information, if I can use that word, uh, that, that your brain needs to be able to sort out things like grammar and even the, the the sounds that that language uses and the phonemes and so on. And so to get a certain volume of, of uh, to use Krasen's term, understandable input, right? We're looking at about 600 hours uh, for, the, for the phonemic structure of the language to get formed in a person's brain. That's what we think. Okay. So just on the phonemes itself, we're looking at about 600 hours worth of, of uh, listening. Now I'm going to qualify that a little bit. If I'm if I'm from Southern California and I'm learning Spanish, um, I don't think it takes 600 hours because I've probably already been exposed to hundreds of hours without even realizing it. Um, and so there's there's also, uh, you know, the, the question of your native language and then what's the language being learned. So if you've got a couple of languages that are very similar and share a lot, then the, that, that's going to be brought down from 600 to much less. In the case of a, you know, native Californian coming to Thailand, English in Southern California and Thai in Bangkok has very little in common, right? Right. So... To get the Thai phonemes, uh, just the phonemes themselves, is about 600 hours of listening. And on top of that, we've got grammar. And so what we found is um, people start speaking in terms of creating their own unique sentences at about 800 hours. So 800 hours for an English speaker learning Thai. That, yeah, the, which so. Now, how very would you long. go ahead? Well, that's a very long silent period. It's a very long <laughs> silent period. Yes. <laughs> that doesn't mean to sit there with and, and then say nothing at all, and then all of a sudden at 800 hours you start speaking away perfectly. I mean, it's obviously when we say speaking. All right, I'm going to say this again so it's not missed. But we, we're talking about creating an unique um, sentence that, that you're not you're not rehearsed be rehearsed and all of that and it's it's actually improvised at the moment so that ability means you've started saying in single syllable dual syllable syllable words much earlier than that 
right? So what I tell students is when it's there, use it. Don't, don't try to say, well, I'm not at 800 hours, so I've got to just shut my mouth. Um, an example of that in the classroom, when, it, when a teacher is speaking in Thai, and, and you've heard a, a word like Thai or my Thai from day one, uh, both grammatically and, and in every respect, that's very quick and easy to get. And so I just tell students, look, when, when that's the answer that springs there to your mind, use it. Just say it. Uh, and don't is it right, is it wrong, is it whatever. If it's there, just use it. And so that's sort of the rule we want them to go forward with. Um, don't yeah, try to think it up. I was just going to say, there's a, you know, a lot, I think there's a lot of unfair criticism for people who've never even been to AUA before. Uh, where there's this idea out there on the internet with some people that oh, they, that you force people to stay silent, you know? Sure. You know, and then it's a difficult thing to communicate because it's not all that quantifiable. I mean, it's like asking the, the doctor when you've got a new baby, when's my child going to start speaking? And there's no way to say that. But what we know is there's a normal period of time and about between 18 and 22 months, most kids start speaking their native language, right? But, I mean, some kids can go three years. Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about a language school, you know, people want to know, when am I going to start speaking? And it's very difficult to say, well, at some point in the future. <laughs> yeah, right, when uh, you're ready. <laughs> yeah, that's... Hmm. You know, there's, there's a bit that goes into that, but... What we have seen is that there's there's basically two two ways of thinking about speaking, and and this makes it perhaps easier to to consider. One is you speak from what just flows naturally to you. So in the same way you're using English now in this conversation, we're not thinking about the words. Hopefully, we're not thinking about the language and the grammar and what's this word mean a until we can't think of the word we want, and then we stop and think and language gets in the way, sort of. And that's very much natural, and it's improvising as we go, and it's always going from our meaning into these words that hopefully carry that meaning to you, and vice versa. Right? So that's the natural way we use language. And then there's this forced way that we learn it in a school setting or in a classroom setting where we're doing a lot of memory work and we're putting in a lot of effort and um, a lot of people who study a second language that way talk about for years how tiring it is to have lengthy conversations in that language because it's just mentally exhausting mm. and and that that's one of the results of the learning method we, we feel so like in in my case you know I can go for weeks in Thai and never realize that I haven't spoken English right and it's been that way for years um, but but the reason is is that it, it all just was processed in a more natural way so when I I'm just quiet well you know I mean what what choice do children have when they go to a situation where they don't know the words? They look, they listen, they figure it out, and they use what sounds and what means they have to communicate. Mm -hmm. and, 
So in a lot of ways, you know, we, we try to find alternatives for students as well. You know, learn to communicate in nonverbal means. Or, you know, I would go and buy hardware at a hardware store by drawing pictures. Mm -hmm. If I need it, which is what I have to do most of the time if I don't know what it's called anyway. So, <laughs> Even in English. <laughs> it's a natural thing. If you don't know what this piece is called, but you know you need a new one, you take it with you. And you show it to someone who knows. You say, I need one of these. And, you know, is that we don't think of that as language learning. But after you've replaced one of those in your house or in your car or whatever it might be, you've probably learned what it's called and a lot of other information language-wise around that. And, and so in, in every sense, that's what our language program is, is sort of based on, the same exact process. Another point I'd like to talk about or discuss with you, I, I know you've mentioned before that when, when learning this way that you don't really lose it. Okay, I mean, I'll give you a personal example. So I had about, I think about 600 hours with, with you guys. If I were to come back now after like an eight-year gap, would I be able to, would I, would I have lost, would I have wasted all that 600 hours? And we've seen this over and over and over again. Um, what you'd find is that for the first few hours, you'd, you'd, you'd probably feel almost a bit rusty, perhaps. But the experience you'd have is, is, uh, is, what, is just like this. You would come back to the classroom, or you don't need to be in the classroom. You'd just come back to Thailand, and you can even do this uh, there, I'm sure, just get into some conversation with Thai people. And the words they use will bring you back to your experiences in our classroom and outside of it in, in your lifetime here in Thailand. So, so this really hones in on why the program works. And it isn't about our program, it's just the natural way brains, people's, people's brains work and, and take in information and make language out of it. But, but it, it should be easy for you to go out into a Thai setting and uh, even turn on a Thai radio or television, perhaps. And words will bring you back to eight or however many, nine years ago, to situations that you experienced. And the magic of the brain is you don't forget stuff. Um, now... Now you'll forget a little bit. There's the you know the things that don't impact you much get lost quite quickly. But it's amazing how many experiences we recall. Uh, they weren't highly impactful. It just takes something to bring them out to the surface again. Mm -hmm. And and what language in our brains is made up of evidently is just a bunch of experiences. And because people remember those, the words that were used with them are there as well. You know, I mean, it's, how would, it's easy. How would you recommend someone use this, um, you know, take this approach, let's say they don't have a, you know, a program like AUA. So, you know, you mentioned a few things of, uh, to me, getting back into it, but let's say someone who, again, like with English, they want to learn English in this more natural way. What would you recommend doing this independently? One of the things I appreciate about the stuff you're doing is it, it creates 
options for people, right? And one of the things we're we've not been able to do um, is is make alternatives or uh, really do much for people who aren't able to come to us. And you know, if you look at what children do, uh, and and many adults who travel just for fun and not even to learn a language, they pick up language everywhere they go. And they do that by getting into interactive situations and just being open to them. Mm. Right? If I'm going into a into a, to a situation with the purpose of I'm gonna learn some words here, pretty soon that interaction becomes very dry and boring for almost everyone in it, except maybe me. Mm. And that's that's why you have to pay people to teach you language, right? They'd never do it. <laughs> but, but the interesting thing about people is they love to communicate. And so what I, what I recommend is, is find situations that you can create for yourself. And, um, and then and find things that you're interested in and the other person's interested as well. And then start communicating about them. But... What you should not do is try to learn the words or practice saying it, right? Let the focus of that interaction be the topic that's interesting, not the language. So, so what I mean by that is that if I'm interested in classic automobiles and I find some Thai people who are interested in classic automobiles, or let's say I go to Germany and I want to learn German, and, I, and, in, and an interest of mine is classic automobiles. I'm going to hunt up and find Germans who are interested in classic automobiles, and I'm going to become their friend, and I'm going to use English with them and get them to use German with me. And um, we probably develop some great friendships. And the byproduct of that is I'll learn German and they'll learn English. Oh, that's fantastic. That's a great idea. Well, Dave, how could uh, people learn more? We're uh, getting at the end of our time here. Uh, how can they learn more about uh, ALG and, and your a, uh, AUA program? Well, um, I, I have a, it's quite an old, not updated site, but it's kind of the storage place for everything related to ALG uh, in the early days. That's uh, algworld.com. And, ALG of course, our website. Uh, which is auatai.com, and uh, that's probably the best starting point. But you know, we love to have people visit us and uh, welcome, you know, correspondence questions. Um, I've got several friends spread around the world who have taken courses with us. They uh, have found it to be very helpful, very successful with it. Um, and so, you know, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to, to learn more if someone's interested. Just you know, connect to the website, I suppose, is the best way. Okay, well, thank you so much. It was great talking to you again. And I'll, when I'm back in Thailand, I'll try to stop by and say hello. That would be great to see you. Um, thank you. Uh -huh. Thanks, David. Thanks. I really appreciate it. I know it's late there, so thanks again for uh, taking the time to talk to us. You bet. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Bye for now. Okay, so let's see. Oh, hello, can you hear me? Did you?
Hmm. It's going Hello, this is AJ. And uh, I think my camera is not working now. We're having technical problems today. It's been a lot of technical problems. There we are. I'm back. Okay. So let's. So very interesting. David had a lot of interesting things to say, and I, I really love what he said there at the end as he was discussing how anyone could use this approach, this general method, to learn any language. He gave the example of going to Germany, that if he wanted to learn German and he was able to go to Germany, he'd go to Germany, but he would not take German classes. What he said he would do, he would find some hobby that he loved. He gave the example of old cars. And if he was really loved old cars, for example, he would find Germans who also loved old cars. Maybe he would join a club, some organization of German people who loved old cars. And then he would just become friends with those people. And he said he would just talk to them in English and ask them to talk to him in German. This is called cross-talk, by the way. When you speak your own language and the other person speaks their native language. And he said, I wouldn't focus on the language. I just would focus on communicating, being friends, talking about cars and our hobby and having fun together. And in the process, over time, he said, my friends would learn more English because I'd be speaking English to them. And I would learn German because they would be speaking German to me. This is a very natural approach to it. He also gave the example, uh, for me, I told him I had studied uh, in his program for about 600 hours. Not enough to reach that point of spontaneous, natural speaking yet in Thai. But he told me that uh, I would not lose all those 600 hours and that if I wanted to get my Thai understanding back up very quickly, I, I just need to put myself into an interesting Thai situation chatting with Thai people or, or communicating with Thai people or even watching Thai videos or going to Thailand, of course. And that by doing that, then the Thai that I already know would quickly come back to me. Quite interesting. And what I really love about the ALG approach and that program they have in Thailand is that it's so different than the normal boring textbook approach. It is very, it's a very natural approach and it's an approach that's focused on communication. As David said, focus on the communication. Focus on having real communication with people as best you can. If you have to use drawings, then draw. Use your body. But just connect with people and don't worry about the pieces of the language. Memorizing words and all of that. So, very good points. Uh, it's a great topic. It's, it's a super interesting program. If you ever go to Bangkok, Thailand, uh, stop by and uh, check out a class. I think it would be, even if you just go for a few classes, I think it would be an interesting experience to try it in a language that you probably don't know, Thai. All right, let's go. It's time for our Twitter questions. This is where I answer your questions on Twitter. Twitter.com slash A-J-H-O-G-E. That's my Twitter account. Let's see what we got here on Twitter. Uh, our first question, interesting, is uh, how long should the silent period be? How long should the silent period be? Well, David 
talked about this as one of the challenges of his program because he said there's not an exact amount of time. He can't, you can't say it must be exactly six months. He gave some general guidelines, but it depends on the language. It depends on your language and it depends on the language you're learning. How close are those languages together? If they're very close together, the silent period is shorter. He gave the example of an American living in Southern California, maybe Los Angeles, learning Spanish. That person would need a fairly short silent period in Spanish. Why? Well, first, because English and Spanish are close. They're close languages. There's a lot of shared vocabulary. The grammar is fairly similar. Uh, for an English speaker, Spanish pronunciation is not horribly difficult. It's fairly simple. And it uses the same alphabet for reading. So for all these reasons, Spanish would be much easier for an English learner to use, and therefore the silent period would be much shorter. Also, if a person was living in Southern California, there are many Spanish speakers in Southern California, and you naturally hear Spanish just living in that area. So you already have some listening. You don't realize it, but you do. But on the other hand, uh, an American learning Thai would need m a much longer silent period because the Thai and English language are very far apart. There's not a lot of shared grammar or vocabulary. Pronunciation is extremely different. So it really it depends. It also depends, as he said, on each individual person, just like with children. All children do not begin speaking at exactly the same time. Some of them might need, you know, six months, they start speaking a little bit. Some it might be a year, a year and a half. So it really depends on the individual child, too. And it depends on, and it's the same with adults, so everyone's a little different. Some will start speaking earlier, some need longer time. And that's what requires patience and a kind of faith to just relax and enjoy the language and let that speaking come. All right, let's go to Twitter. Here we go. Okay, so, uh, okay, this is a good question. Maya Glasher says, um, you say that we only have to listen to English for a while. This is the silent period. Uh, but then you also say in the mini-stories that we should answer the questions loudly. Exactly. Yes, I do. That's right. As David was also saying that in even in AUA, in, in his program, that if, he said, if you already know of some of the simple words, the words you hear every day. He, he said chai and my chai, which means yes and no in Thai. He's like, you hear those so often. If, if you hear those and, you, and it naturally comes into your head, he says, go ahead, say those words. So when he talks about speaking, he's talking about longer, spontaneous sentences that are, that are natural. They're not something you memorize. They just, you just put them together in your head naturally and they come out effortlessly. That's what he means by speaking. So even during the silent period, you may be saying a few little simple words. Also, with effortless English, most of you, you are probably not a total beginner. You probably already have many, many, many hours of English listening. So you may not need a silent period. Depends on your level, depends on how much time you have listening to English. So 
I personally am not telling you you must have a silent period right now. It may be beneficial to you, and that's something that we can maybe discuss in a future sh uh, show. So good question, though. So yes, go ahead and shout those answers, because the mini-story answers are simple. They're one or two words, very, very short. So even for someone who is just starting, who wants to be in a silent period, it's fine to shout those answers, because you're just saying, yes, no. Those are words that probably already have automatically. Okay, so let's see. Um, El Maestro says, AJ, the listen-only period works very well. Before I started to use your lessons, I just listened to your podcast for two months. Great. See, that's a great example of a, a silent period and an easy way to do it for you. You could start, it doesn't have to be 600 hours or 800 hours or 1,000 hours. Don't worry about numbers. You might just relax for a while when you're first starting with Effortless English. Just relax, and for a few months, just focus on listening. You could listen to these shows, you could listen to the podcast, and just focus on listening only. And then when you're feeling more relaxed, you can start speaking. It's up to you. There, there's no hard rule. All right, we're kind of we're very long today, very over our time period. Uh, some of the technical problems made our show go kind of long today. So I'll take one more question, and then we've got to go. Okay, so Owen oh, Maestro again says that my silent period was almost three years total and that people often say that my pronunciation is very good. David Long didn't talk about this, but I believe that one of the big advantages of a long silent period is that you will have better pronunciation. By focusing on listening only, or listening mostly, we could say. It's okay to shout a few little words, but mostly focusing on listening, listening, listening. By doing that for a fairly long time, six months, a year, even more, you will probably develop better pronunciation. This is one of the benefits they've seen in the Thai program, that people who wait to speak for a while, who focus mostly on listening for quite a long time, end up having much better pronunciation, closer to a native speaker. All right, so I'll answer some more of your questions on just on Twitter, writing them. We've got to go now because this has been a very long show. So I enjoyed talking to you. Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com for my free email course, and I will see you next time. Have a great day. Bye for now.